and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and ideal life. And Backrack here. Today we have a special guest with us who loves to help people get results and knows which habits bring success and results. Blaine Elkers is a TEDx speaker and leading authority in personal implementation and consistency. He is America's only chief results officer. He's a habit master with documented streaks of 1,485 days in a row and counting. Blaine graduated from Purdue University and Stanford University's Social Entrepreneurship Program. He's co-authored three books. He's powered by Selffluence, which is a personal development and training company. And I know he is super excited to share with you ways that you can take control of your life by taking control of yourself. Welcome, Blaine. We appreciate you joining us. Hey, and thank you so much for having me on. I just want to start off by saying thank you for taking the time to put these podcasts together, to put these shows together and put them out there online for people. You have, I've been studying your stuff for a while and you have a lot of content, a lot of episodes, so honored to be on. But you're also, what I'm seeing is you're creating a kind of results ripple, right? And so I believe your stuff is going to actually touch lives not yet born because it's out there online for people. Your stuff is very um, like search friendly too, so you kind of know what you're doing, but happy to be here and, and look forward to adding some value to the listeners today. Well, talking about results, you're called the chief results officer. So I'm curious, what are the specific habits that we need to implement that will consistently bring us successful results? Your thoughts on that? Uh, That is a great question. Uh, And so I've been a chief results officer for a long time and kind of put together, I like to call them, I like to call them results machines. And so results machines are the things that you can kind of turn on like a machine and then it runs for you constantly kind of bringing you steadfast, move the needle, you know, type of of results. And so there's a couple of them. So let's unpack a few. The first one is <clears throat> I never like to let a day end without planning the next one. So, so next day planning is super, super key. And if you're if you're not doing it. At a minimum, you should like make a little list of like the top one, two, three things that you want to do, you know, the next day. But but it's key that that you plan your day. I often tell people, you know, if you walk down the tarmac and you get on an airplane and you peek in the cockpit and there's no pilot uh, and you sit down and then the the flight attendant comes on and says, you know what? We don't have a pilot today. There's not going to be a pilot. There won't be a pilot at all. How long are you going to stay on that plane? Not very long. Well, that's what you're doing every day when you get up and you don't have a plan, right? So you need a plan and you're you're kind of the pilot of of your own plane. You don't want to get hijacked into somebody else's plan, which you will if you don't have a plan. So I would say next day planning, really key, basics, fundamental. The next one would probably be some type of morning routine. Like, you know, and, and maybe every morning that can't be, you know, an hour of the perfect stuff, but some kind of morning routine where you gain a little momentum, you get a few things done, especially like maybe one or two for yourself, uh, you know, put yourself in the right frame of mind, try to push out the world, like don't jump right into email and those other things, but, but a good a good morning uh, routine, some type of <clears throat> weekly check-in, 
some type of looking at your, your, your life on a weekly basis, that brings results, right? What, what kind of gets measured gets managed. So I think that's, that's really big. Uh, get, getting a mentor of some, of some type, I think, is, is super helpful in connecting with that mentor. But the number one, the number one results machine is Anne's favorite topic, favorite thing, and that is what I call action accountability, like some accountability for your actions to someone other than yourself. Now, this is like, like I, I work with a lot of mastermind groups. And basically, that's what I'm doing is I'm setting up systems of accountability for actions to someone other than yourself. Now, you could be super self-disciplined and really great, you know, person with willpower and all that. Most people don't have that. But if you have that, you can be accountable to yourself. But I find that to be a rare breed. You need accountability to somebody else. And that's one of the reasons why, Ann, I like a lot of your programs. And I, th I think you're the accountability pit bull, I think. So uh, you, you're, you're, you're doing the right stuff. Yeah. yeah, some people have called me that, Blaine, the accountability pit bull for sure. Okay, so great. So we have some really great ideas under the results machines. Now, you talk about the 30-minute hour. Is it really possible to get an hour's worth of important activities done in just 30 minutes? And if so, you know, I really want to know how. <laughs> yes, so, so it is possible. And I started using a lot of this stuff, and, and I, I set up a company called Self-Fluence, the art and science of influencing yourself. And I think kind of, <clears throat> you know, God's put me on the earth to help people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. But all this stuff we say kind of like powered by self-fluence, all this stuff like this, like this 30-minute hour, how to get an hour's worth of stuff done in 30 minutes, it's stuff that you already know how to do. You don't need anything else. You know how to do it. You've already done it, actually. And you just need to kind of hone and master these skills that you already have. Like self-fluence, it's like the, the power you, you already have to influence yourself. Now, before, before we unleash this power on you and the listeners, I want to make sure that, uh, that this, this power is used for good. So, so I want to find, I'm going to ask you a question about what you would do with some guilt-free time. But let's say that uh, we do four of these 30-minute hours in a row. So we get four hours of stuff done, and we get it done in just two hours. That gives us two hours of guilt-free time. Now, me, I'm type A. I might fill that with work. But let's say we can't. We're not allowed to fill it with work stuff. So my question is, if you had, and this is what I want the listeners to think about, if you had two hours of guilt-free time, you know, what would you do? For me, I, I like the Peloton bike. I'd probably do a, a ride on the Peloton bike. I like to get out in nature. I'm in the Phoenix area, so I like to go out for, for walks, especially hikes. I also like to connect with old friends. I feel like I don't do that enough. I'm going to get to do it next week. I'm really excited about that. And then I also, I like the good old fashioned power nap. So if I've got the guilt free time, I like to, you know, maybe read a book and, and take a little nap. But, but Anne, how about you? What, if you had two hours guilt free, can't work, can't work, what would you do? Boy, you know, you're talking my language here, Blaine. I was thinking my Peloton bike. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, I was thinking also to do one of the yoga classes that they have. Okay. Because they have so many classes right on Peloton now. And I was thinking going out for a walk 
Um, so we're right in alignment, even though you're in Phoenix and I'm in San Diego, we'd probably go out and do a lot of the same things. And I was also thinking, because we do have a pool in our backyard, if it's a nice day, I might just put some music on and just, you know, sit in the jacuzzi or sit on the lounge chair and do nothing. All right. I, I love that. And so hopefully you're, you know, the listeners, hopefully you're thinking about some of those things. And I would really hope that as you learn what we're going to talk about here in the 30 minute hour, that you'll take some of that time and do some of those things, right? Do some of those things. All right. So, Anne, there is a day, there's a day that happens during the year for everybody. Now, some people might happen more than once during the year, but it's a day where people are three to 10 times more productive than a normal day, 3X to 10X. Now we're only looking for 2X. We're just looking to take the 60 minutes and shrink it down to 30. But this day, you're three to 10 times more productive than your normal day. And this is the secret to the 30 minute hour. Do you know what day that is? I have no idea. No idea. All right, so now it's gonna be very self-evident as, as you figure this out. But here's, so what I want you to re people to remember is 30 minute hour, but then remember this day. It's the day before vacation, right? So, so think about this. The day before vacation, people are three to 10 times more productive than they are on a normal day. And so we're gonna, we're, we're gonna unpack it because I, I created a little acronym so you can remember this, uh, this power. So you're gonna think 30 minute hour, day before vacation mode. I have a little sign in my office here to remind me, day before vacation mode, and then it's PDF. Now PDF, a lot of people know that acronym because it's easy to remember because people say, hey, email me the PDF or I'm gonna go print out the PDF. Um, and so I, I don't know, Anna, if you're a techie, do you know what PDF stands for in, in, when they're talking about that? I actually forgot what PDF stands for. All right, but you've heard of that, right? Like, print oh, yeah, out the sure. PDF. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it stands for, for the techies out there, it stands for Portable Document Format, which makes sense. It's like a document you can print out anywhere, right? You know, from any computer and the, the fonts aren't gonna get messed up. But in our case, in our case, day before vacation mode, it stands for Plan, Delegate, focus. So let's unpack these so you can use them. Planning. So we talked about this already. Planning. So the day before vacation, you plan that typically the night before, but you do the next day planning. You plan out the day. And typically uh, on the day before vacation, people wake up 30 to 60 minutes earlier than a normal day. So if you want a 30 minute hour right away, first First thing, just wake up 30 minutes earlier. Now you've got 30 extra minutes uh, in, in your day and, and you just had one right, right there. So waking up early. The other thing about planning that happens on the day before vacation is people have a very clear vision, right? They know what they're gonna do, what they wanna do. Uh, so, so getting some clarity will also help save time. But then the other thing on the planning side is you get very 80-20. Uh, you know, you, you know um, and you've heard of the 80-20 rule, right? Pareto's principle? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so, so most people have heard of it, and I say, do you, well, tell me what it is. And they say, well, 20% of what I do produces 80% of my results. And I go, yeah, that's great. How come you're not using that every day? But the day before vacation, you're using it because you have limited time, and you're like, okay, I can only do so many things. What is the most important stuff? Let me focus on the 20 and let me oust the 80. So doing that in a planning sense, you're gonna be able to cut stuff out of your day and have the 30 minute hour. So that's planning. D stands for delegate. So what happens on the day before vacation is you become a master delegator, right? And you, I, I like to say who before do. Think of who can do this before I do it, right? Think who before the do and start delegating stuff. 
right? You've got to get better at that to have more 30 minute hours. So for example, my wife, she also works from home. You know, she'll be like, okay, what, what can I do for you today? I'm like, oh wow, if you could run this errand and do this thing, you just gave me two 30 minute hours, boom, right? So delegation becomes really, really key. But the most powerful one and what makes the day the most different is the F, is focus. So we got plan, delegate, focus. So focus on the day before vacation, you have this weird, fierce focus, right? Where there's no chit chat, there's no um, you know, long phone calls, there's no shiny objects, there's no long responses to anything. You really stay on track there's a lot of things that you don't do. All the distractions kind of melt away. And you use the most powerful word in creating 30-minute hours is only two letters, and it's no, right? So on the day before vacation, someone say, Blaine, can you do this? No, 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 no. Like, I get real good at saying no. And the better you can get at saying no, the more 30-minute hours you, you'll have. The other thing about the focus is that it's very on schedule. So on the day before vacation, you're very scheduled. Like you'll say, okay, you'll use timers even. So people, um, the one of the highest use of timers on is the day before vacation where you say, look, I've only got 30 minutes to do this task and I'm gonna set a timer and I'm gonna make it happen. You also keep things on schedule, but you also look to shrink your schedule. So for example, somebody will say, Blaine, can we meet for an hour to do this? And I'll say, can we do it in 30 minutes? And, you know, nine times out of 10, they'll say, yeah, let's do it in 30. If, they, if not, then they'll say 45, then I, I shaved a little time off it. But, but starting to compress time in your schedule and by using timers. The last part of the focus is that on the day before vacation, people become tasking masters. And there's three types of tasking that you crush the day before vacation that you can use to create these 30-minute hours. And that's single tasking multitasking and batch tasking. So single tasking, that's where you, it's something only you can do and you have to like shut the world out and you got to go after it and you got to get that thing done. So I know like, let's say I have to write an article and if I was going to spend an hour writing that article, if I instead would give myself 30 minutes of total focus time, I can do an hour's worth of work in 30 minutes by total focus. Now, what does total focus look like? That means uh, my phone's in airplane mode. There's no rings, dings, or bings. There's nothing on my schedule. There is no way to interrupt me in any way. All the, the web browsers and email stuff, it's all shut down on the computer. It's just me and the keyboard and me and the keyboard, and we're getting that thing done. So single tasking with shutting out all the distractions, you can get an hour's worth of stuff done in just 30 minutes. So you got to create those iron cage around that time. So that's single tasking. The second one is multitasking, sometimes gets a bad rap, but multitasking is where you do two things at the same time without sacrificing the quality of either one. So for example, on the day before vacation, I'm getting in the car, I know I have 30 minutes, instead of rocking out to 80s music, which I normally might do, I on the day before vacation, I'm saying 30 minutes, I can get these three calls done, 10 minutes each, let's go, boom, boom, boom. And so you're using that time where you can do two things at once. I like to exercise, but I also like family time. So how can I merge those two together? We, our, our family, we play tennis. So that was kind of our, our way to, to merge those things together. Or, you know what? I need to get some exercise in, but I need my daily dose of Ann. So what do I do? I work out and listen to one of the podcasts, right? So you're looking for ways wherever you can do two things. When you're doing chores, you know, when the hands are busy, but the mind's not, there's a lot of times that you can do that, that multi, multi uh, tasking. And then the last one is batch tasking. So Day before vacation, you batch everything together at a necessity, but you should do more of that in your daily life. For example, if you have errands to run, 
You got three errands. You're not going to go out, run an errand, come back, go out, come back. No, you're going to batch them all together. Do all the errands together. Do all the phone calls together. Do all the computer work together. Do all the people work together. One of the biggest batch tasking savings that my wife and I, we both work from home, like I said, she, uh, but, but we would interrupt each other all day until we, we made a little shared note on our iPhones and we put all the stuff in there. So I don't interrupt her during the day. She doesn't interrupt me. Then we typically have lunch together. And when we have lunch together, now we're going over, uh, you know, in a batch way, all the little questions we have, but they're all put together. Same thing like if you have office hours, if people are bothering you at work or in your running your business, set up times where it's okay for them to talk to you, but all the other times are not, right? So batch that that uh, that time together. There are some other things you can do. Typically, you can use automation like apps to listen to podcasts faster. I talk pretty fast, so maybe you can't speed this one up. But uh, a lot of times I find I can listen at 1.3 or 1.5 speed to save time. You know, there's a lot of little, little things like that. But I would say one of the other last things here, so it's plan, delegate, focus. But the other thing the day before vacation does that, that is key is it releases the perfectionist in you. That's the big thing is that you're no longer perfectionist. You can't be because you're going on vacation. You have to get it done. You release the perfectionist. Done is better than perfect. And, and you start to delegate more. You start to plan out more. Give yourself less time to do stuff. You're going to get it done. Maybe it's only 80% as good as it needs to be, but that's okay, right? You're, you're okay with that. You kind of release the perfectionist due to the kind of constraints of time. So that, there it is in a nutshell, uh, the 30-minute hour. So think, 30-minute hour, day before vacation, PDF. I love it. And, yes, you do talk fast, but I wrote a lot down during that time. <laughs> So the other thing, yeah, uh, basically perfectionism is one of the traits of procrastinators. So, you know, when people try to be perfectionists, they procrastinate. So definitely getting releasing the perfectionist in you is good overall in general, in my opinion. The other thing that, that I was thinking, Blaine, was when I'm thinking about my day before vacation, you know, I make my list and I prioritize everything. And there's actually some things that, hey, I really don't have to do, even though it's on my list. I really don't have to do it till I get back. So instead of stressing myself out, instead of, you know, delegating it because I don't have anybody I could delegate that particular task to, I just go, you know, I don't really have to get it done now. Yeah, no, it's a good good point. Sometimes we say defer, like delegate and defer, right? So that's good, you, you know, um, because if you get it out of your head, put it someplace where you know it's safe, like, uh, you know, maybe it's in a journal or or in your phone or, or it's on a list somewhere. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. Deferring is, is big, big time savings and frees up the space in your head a little bit too. Yeah, for me, that's that's definitely a good one for my day before vacation. I believe that we can change a habit the first time we decide to, and it doesn't have to take 21 days. How do you suggest we create new habits in 21 seconds instead of 21 days? Okay, so this is another, you know, another thing like uh, powered by self-fluence and the fact that like you already know how to do it, you're a habit master, we're gonna prove to you right now that you're a habit master. And that you can start a new habit in, in 21 seconds, not 21 days. So if they told you it takes 21 days, they, they lied to you. Now, now neurologically, I love how brain science is moving forward. Neurologically, something you get hardwired in your brain probably takes about 60 days uh, to, to super hardwire you, where you don't even have to think about it. But we're going to give you a little hack 
to uh, bypass that brain chemistry, uh, you know, and, and actually all day long, we're, we're finally realizing that you're kind of fighting or you're, you're either working with or fighting your brain chemistry. So whether you're getting stuff done and producing dopamine and getting pumped up and more energized or whether you're failing, not getting stuff done and producing other chemicals that kind of pull you down, weigh you down take away your energy, you know, so, so just realize you're, you're waging that brain chemical warfare, but we're going to help you right now. And the way I discovered this was actually my wife, my wife, Beth, and luckily she doesn't have this anymore, but she used to have nearly daily migraine headaches. And so the doctors are like, okay, we can't really figure this out. You're going to need to do this headache log. So you need the habit. You're going to have to have the habit of filling out the headache log. And it was like what you had to eat and what the triggers were and what the weather was like and what the barometric pressure was and all these things. And she would do it for a couple of days. Then she'd lose the log or she'd forget to do it. Then she'd have a migraine and I'd ask her about it. Whoa, bad move. So we've been married 30 years now. So I, I realized you, you don't ask any questions during the migraine. Um, you know, uh, I learned that quickly. But what, what I did realize was that I'm like, OK, my wife, Beth, she is a habit master at brushing her teeth. And most people are. If I ask people, did you brush your teeth in the last 24 hours? Almost every hand goes up. Um, so, so you're already a habit master at many, many things. So she was a habit master at brushing her teeth. So what we did is the first key here to the 21 second habit is that we linked brushing the teeth to filling out the log. So we took the headache log. We put the toothbrush and the toothpaste on top of it and a pen. And when she brushed her teeth and she was, you know, she is the dentist example, two minutes in the morning, two minutes at night. But during those two minutes, she filled out the log. She knew where it was. She filled it out. And she went 90 days in a row of filling out that log. And then she gave the doctors this great data. And the data made all the difference. Um, so anyway, got the right medications, did the right shifting. Now, maybe she has a migraine once every couple months. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. But the first key is habit linking. So you're linking to some habit that you're already a habit master at. There's a second key to make sure you do it. And, and for me, I'll, I'll share a story about myself. Once I discovered that, there, there were two things I wanted to do every morning. I wanted to do this Bible app I have, and then I wanted to take a mind shower. So, you know, I washed my body every day, but I thought, you know what? I got a lot of head trash from the news and social media and family and friends who don't understand what kind of business I am or what a chief results officer is. I got a lot of head trash coming in every day, but I'm not washing that out. So I wanted to take this mind shower and I wanted to wash that out every single day. So I thought to myself, all right, step one, habit linking. How do I, what could I habit link to? What do I do first thing in the morning? And for me, I realized, uh, and maybe this is most people, but I pick up that cell phone, my smartphone, my iPhone, I pick up my iPhone Every single morning, first thing I do. Sometimes the alarm's going off on it. That makes me pick it up. But many times I wake up without the alarm. But that's the first thing I do. And I have this urge to want to check my phone. Like, did my kids text me? Because they're out of the nest now. You know, uh, did orders come in? You know, what's going on in the world? You know, what's happening in social media? What kind of emails? Blah, blah, blah. I have this high urge to want to check those items. So what I did is I moved all the apps off the first page of the iPhone and I just put those two apps there. And I said to myself, when I open the phone for the first time every day, which happens every day, I'm gonna have it linked to that, but I'm gonna surf the urge to wanna look at all that other stuff. And I see the numbers at the bottom there. I've got five text messages already and, and all this stuff, but I'm not allowed to do that. I'm gonna surf that urge, that desire. I'm gonna use that wave of that urge to make me do those two things. 
Now, I, I, I like to do, do 10 minutes each in each one of those. I like a 10-minute mind shower. But if I don't have time and I got to do a three-minute mind shower, I'm okay with that. I'm still going to get it done before I'm allowed to go on to that other stuff. And so that's the second key. So one is the habit linking to something you're already a habit master at, no willpower required. And the second thing is you surf some kind of urge to get yourself to do it. So I did that. It was 1,400 and 98 days ago because the apps, they track how many days you're in there. So now I know I have this streak over four years um, and, and I didn't have to think about it. Right. And, and I, I created that new habit basically instantly. But now I've had that habit for four years. Now it's it's definitely an ingrained habit in my brain chemistry by now. But that's the key is linking to something you're already a habit master at and then surfing some kind of urge. Does that make sense? Totally. And I, I really love the linking it to an, uh, a new habit to something that you already do. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And I had, I had one business owner. She, you know, the results machines of next day planning or, or even just like planning your day is so important. And she just couldn't do it. And, and I said, OK, Ann, what do you do first thing in the morning? She says, well, I always have a cup of coffee. I said, when's the last day that you went without a cup of coffee? She said, I can't remember. I said, then that's it. Just have it linked to that. So say you, you can't either you can't have the first sip of coffee until the list is done or at least the list is started. And maybe while you drink your coffee, you make your list. But now she she's gone every day by making that list because she have it linked it you know, to something that happens every day. And she had a, she put a, a pad of paper and a pen by the coffee maker so she could see it. You need some kind of like little cue there, a little reminder. But now she's doing that, you know, every single day. So again, habit linking, and then she's surfing the urge to have the coffee to get her to do that thing. And again, you're not perfection. You're cert the, the urge there is to push you into not making it be a big, long thing with a lot of resistance. Yeah, no, I love it. That's just so logical. Why didn't why didn't we think of this sooner? Right. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't. I was like, whoa, you know, this is this is really working. And, and and there's things you do weekly. I mean, I mean, there's things you do daily more than once a day, like brushing teeth. Sometimes there's things you do once a day, get dressed, drive to work, have lunch. Then there's things that you do every week, like Monday comes every week. You could have it linked to that. But typically there's something that you're doing on certain days that you can link to weekly, monthly. Some people link to things annually. So so I would say also, though, start small. J just pick one. Make it easy. Keep the resistance down low because you want to build the happy brain chemicals that, that you know, like done is the engine of more. Like you want to win early, win often. Uh, and there's another cool thing. When you get about three or four days into a streak, then you don't want to break the chain. So so then there's a little psychology that starts to work in your favor as well. Super cool. Love that idea. I love it a lot. Now, most of us who have been around the world for a minute have read or at least heard of the book Think and Grow Rich. Now, if you haven't, obviously you need to read the book, in my opinion. Blaine, you have your own version of Think and Grow Rich. So help us understand how it's different than the other version. Yeah, and this is probably this is one of a handful of most impactful things in, in my life. And I, and I call them the, the, the moments of dawning comprehension where, you know, your your world is never the same. And so I was in college at Purdue University where I actually met my wife. And I'm always, I've always been a seeker. And I, I bet you most of the listeners are seekers of knowledge and how to do better. And, and I was always a seeker. And I saw an ad 
for an audio cassette, I'm dating myself, an audio cassette, and it was for Thinking Grow Rich, and I, I sent away for it, and it was actually read by Earl Nightingale, a guy that I came to, to like his, his stuff as well, but I sent away for it, and, it, and it's this book, Think and Grow Rich, so, so Think and Grow Rich, it's all about taking your thoughts and turning them into rallies. So I ended up buying the book, reading the book, and, and later I made a little acronym called YTABA, which stands for what you think about, you bring about. I, I started to have some success with that, and I actually I met my wife at college, and I started to have business success, and I had read the book at, that, at this point maybe 15, 16 times, and I bought one of the original 5,000 copies. Now, they, they say there's 100 million copies. I don't know if it's quite that many, but there's definitely millions of copies out there. But I bought one of the first 5,000, and I opened it up, and I'm like, the first page, I'm like, that's different. Like, I never read that. I don't remember these. They're the first two pages were instructions on how to read the book. So, so and I actually, I still have my original paperback that I read in college. And I, I got it out, and I go, by golly, these aren't in here. And so there's two instructional pages. And, and if you open up the, the very first page in the real book says, what do you want most? It's like big and bold across the top. So you could open up your copy to see. But it talks about what do you want most? And that first page unpacks the fact that do not read this book until you're ready to bring with it, with the, your reading of the book, what you want in very clear terms. You want crystal clarity about what it is you want to bring about. That's why I said what you think about, you bring about. But you have to be real clear about what you're trying to bring about because through the book, he's going to say, do this and do that. And it's all based on your bring about statement. So, so that was kind of lost page number one. But the second page talked about how to read the book. No more than one chapter in one sitting that you had to read with other people. Now, this is what made a big difference for me is that you had to read it with other people to tap into their, their experiences, their mind power. And we know now that some people call it masterminding, but we know that one plus one doesn't equal two. It equals three, four, five, right? So in other words, like if you and I uh, got together and talked about accountability and you had, you know, 20 ideas about something and I had 20 ideas about something, if we came together, the mixing of our minds, we wouldn't just produce 40 ideas. We might produce 60, 80, or 100 because we're, we're kind of you kind of feed off each other. So talk about how you had to read the book um, you know, with other people. And what I did is I did five book studies in, in, in five months in a row. And my goal, when I, when I bought that original copy, my goal was to have a million dollar business. My business was worth mm, about 300,000. And I thought eh, I'd take about five years, but it only took about five months because I did those two things. I got real clear that that was my goal. And I did all the things the book said to do, but then I masterminded with people in the reading of the book and that kind of made a big difference. Now, later, as I read through the book more carefully, I realized, wait a second, the, the original was so rich, meaning that he, he uh, uh, the, the book was redone in 1960, and they took some stuff out, they took some passages out, but most people read a version of the book that lost all the capitalization and the italics, and he shouts a lot, like he, he has all caps, you know, in, in there. You know, so so that was that was a, a big difference. And I also I'm a Christian and, and, you know, he talks about Jesus, you know, in the original. But that was taken out of the book that most people read. Um, so, so I noticed a lot of details like that. And I couldn't get the original anymore. There's one gentleman was selling it. He passed away. And then then I couldn't get it anymore. So like you, you, you opened uh, this question with the fact that I couldn't get the original anymore. So for people that I was working with. So what I did is I, I checked, and, and luckily, the original Ralston House version of the book was in the public domain. So I was able to 
to get that original thing with all the bolding and, and, and italics and everything, I was able to get that, preserve all that, and then add in my own guidebook. I, by this time, I had written a guidebook for it. And then I had also done all these book studies. So I had like an intro chapter, uh, you know, like a beginning of the chapter and an end of the chapter, like a book study. So you could either do it on your own or more beneficially, you would do it with other people, right? So, so anyway, that's the version of the book that I ended up creating. It's kind of like three in one. But I do think that that book can change your life. And it's a very high frequency book. It's a lot of stories. It's a lot of history. But it gets you gets you pumped up about moving forward in your own life. And that's that's why I still read it every every year I read it. So I'm probably I got to be close to 70 times now reading that book. Yeah, some books that have such an impact on our lives are so worth reading again and again and again just to apply different concepts or different thinking to them and getting even better results. So that's super yeah, powerful. And, and the other thing I like about the book is when you're reading, if you know you're going to read and read and read, is use two highlighters. I use one, I use like an orange for things I want to remember, and then I use a green for things that I want to take action on or are actionable. But then when I go back and read the book, you know, I could literally just read the orange parts and get all fired up and read it very quickly. Right. So. So, yeah, use some if you're going to keep reading a book over and over, use some kind of smart highlighting to kind of help you help you through it the second, third and fourth times. That's really smart because I do highlight when I read, believe it or not, I always have for some reason. But I've never thought of the concept of changing the colors for different things that I'm looking at highlighting. Yeah, and Thing of Rich, it's more, he says this in the beginning, it's more like a textbook than it is a novel. So it is more of a, you know, do this, do that, you know, and it, it's kind of giving you a lot of, a lot of things you could do. Yeah, that's a really great idea. Now, if you could distill all of the personal development down to a single sentence, what would that be? I mean, for me, it's, it's the seven simple words you know what what you think about you bring about that white table is 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 that's the thing that i think people you know in, in self-development they underestimate the power of their own mind and their ability to influence themselves so what you think about you bring about so white table what you think about you bring about and what you think about is important so guard that guard the inputs of your of of your life like not not only what you think about but also the people you hang around all that is very influential to you um, so what you think about, you bring about, always take action, always be moving. You know, you can't, there's a famous quote about, you know, you can't steer a parked car. Keep moving. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. And and so that that would probably be my my biggest uh, distillation. And I will say that my favorite mentor, and I'm not sure if, if you know this person or, or like their stuff, is is Jim Rohn. Do you, do you know Jim Rohn? Have you ever studied any of his stuff? Oh, absolutely. Okay, that that he's had the biggest impact. I got to share the stage with him a few times, got to know him, and I would say if if, if people are looking to for deeper self-development stuff, that that would be the thing. And I, I listened to his Power of Ambition back to audio tapes. I listened to that thing so many times that the tape started to wear out. Now now you can get it on Audible, uh, but but the Power of Ambition is another was another great program that that really kind of changed my life. Yeah, Jim Rohn has a lot of great content as well for sure. Is there anything else that you think is important for us to know or do? Well, I, I think just, you know, keep taking action, you know, and and realize that the power you have to influence yourself is, is really big. But you've got to keep pouring in the positive. 
especially in this world today, hyper-connected, crazy news and social media and all that stuff. Don't underestimate the power of tapping into things like this, like, like Ann's podcast, pouring in the positive. The solution to pollution is dilution. You got to dilute that stuff down and stay around the positive people because in the end, in the end, what you think about, you bring about. And, and what's funny, it's not funny, it's, it's almost tragic that people don't realize that your thoughts end up dictating or creating the reality that you end up living. So, so for example, you know, if I, and if I told you, uh, you know, and I'm sorry, but today's going to be like one of the worst days of your life. I'm sorry about that. And then you're almost hit by a car. And then you say, Blaine, you're right. I was almost killed by this car. I'm all stressed out. I, I feel terrible. I'm scared of everything. Right now in the same day, if I said, and today's going to be one of the best days of your life. And you carry that thought, that intention for the day, you're almost hit by the car. You come back and say, Blaine, I am so happy. I'm saved. I don't know. God still has something for me because I'm still here. This is the best day of my life. The circumstances were the same. It was the way you interpreted that. That's that's what makes the difference. And it's that thought and how you start the morning and what you think about, you bring about. But it's 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 your intention and that thought that makes all the difference. You know, Jim Rohn, I stopped worrying in life when I got this quote from Jim Rohn. It's not what happens that determines your life future. It's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. And you always have that, you always have that that chance to respond. And bad things are gonna happen and good things are gonna happen. But it's that thought that you had before going in and then how you respond that makes all the difference. So if I can leave anybody with anything, it, it would probably be that. That's amazing. I mean, we could we could go on for hours on that subject down that path for sure. Tell us how can we get a copy of your version of Think and Grow Rich and how we might be able to get in touch with you. What's the best way? I mean, the easiest thing is I, I did a TEDx talk where I talk about why Taba. The easiest thing is just to get a copy of that and then we'll be connected. It's very easy. Just go to BlaineTedx.com, B-L-A-I-N-E-T-E-D-X.com. You can opt in for that. We'll be connected. You'll get to know a little bit about me. Um, then you can reach out to me. And if I can serve anybody in any way, happy to do it. And, and uh, I can get you a copy of the book or, or anything from that. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you sharing your very valuable time. And I certainly got a lot of ideas and I'm hoping that everybody else did too and will take advantage of at least one of the ideas that you shared to help them be even more successful and get even better results from the chief results officer. My hope for our time together with Blaine Elkers is that you got value and an idea or two or even three that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries and, of course, at accountabilitycoach.com. And always aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening. 